Sometimes the accounts of Jesus' miracles just seem like stories, something that was included in the Bible so that we'd have a better understanding of how things were back in those days and what Jesus did. But as in all things, these accounts were given to us so that we could learn something. And today in Matthew 5, we look at one particular miracle that he did that teaches us uh, yet another lesson that we need to know. Matthew 9, 27, after Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where Jesus was staying. And Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Now, the word that the Greek word for that believing really means to believe, to have faith in, to trust in. Jesus is saying, do you really have faith? Do you really trust that I can do this? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. He touched their eyes and said, because of or in response to your faith, it will happen. Now, Faith here is the Greek word pistis, which is a firm persuasion, a conviction, a belief in the truth. Because of that firm belief in the truth, Jesus gave them the miracle that they not only asked for, but that they believed they would get. Verse 30 says, Then their eyes were opened, and they could see. Jesus sternly warned them, Don't tell anyone about this. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. Now, you have to understand that this was a private miracle in a private home. It was not one of those that was done in front of the crowds that would naturally have spread Jesus' fame over the region. But these men were so excited, so grateful, it was such an amazing thing that they went out and told everybody. Well, who wouldn't? I probably would too. When they left, yet another miracle took place. Verse 32 says, when they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon and the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. I guess so. And here's what they said. Nothing like this has ever happened in all of Israel. They were amazed. Well, it hadn't happened in all of Israel before, but it had been prophesied. Isaiah 35.5 says, and when he comes, speaking of Jesus, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Now, take those miracles and contrast them with what happened during a similar time of need in Mark 6. Mark 6, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown, where he grew up, where everybody knew him. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all of this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? And then they scoffed. Ha! He's a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live here, right here among us. In other words, he's not so special. They were deeply offended and note this word, refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And don't forget, by the way, not everybody in Jesus' own family believed until after he had raised from the dead. Verse 5 goes on and says, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he marveled. He was amazed at their unbelief. 
He marveled because of their unbelief. That word marvel, or to stand amazed, is pretty common in the Gospels, but it's almost always used in connection with the crowd's response to Jesus. They are usually the ones who are amazed or marveling, not Jesus. In fact, there are only two times in the New Testament where Jesus is said to marvel. One is here in Mark 6, where Jesus marvels at the unbelief in his hometown. And the other occasion is in Luke 7, where Jesus marvels at the faith of the centurion and what it enabled him to do to heal the centurion's servant. Jesus marveled at that kind of faith. Those are the only two times we have a record of Jesus marveling. Well, it seems then that there are two things that will make Jesus step back and say, wow. Number one is those who believe when it's not expected that they would. But number two, it's when those who disbelieve, when there's every reason that they should believe, Jesus marvels. He's amazed. These were people who knew Jesus, watched him grow up, had rubbed shoulders with him. They should have believed. They could have believed, but they chose not to. No wonder the Bible says he couldn't do any miracles there. Unbelief stopped God's blessing in their region. And by the way, it will stop it in our lives too. I wonder, does Jesus ever marvel at you or me? If he does, is it because of my faith or does he marvel at my disbelief? I think when he sees people trusting him in the middle of extreme suffering and circumstance, he marvels. When he sees people from the best or worst of life circumstances come to him with brokenhearted humility, he marvels. When he sees us give up our comfort or our security or our agenda for the sake of his kingdom, he marvels. Unbelief is always a choice. Faith is always a choice. How about you and I make the choice today to amaze God with our faith? Lord, we ask for your help in those moments when faith is difficult for us, that you would help our unbelief. But we pray that we would become people who choose to believe, who choose to have faith, faith that amazes you each and every time. Lord, we want to please you. Your word says, without faith, it's impossible to please you. We don't want to just please you today. We want to amaze you. Help us by your spirit to do that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So keep on believing, keep on choosing faith, keep the faith.